So I'm preaching a message to you tonight. It's good to be back in the pulpit uh, on Wednesday night. appreciate you uh, making your way out. Uh, I'd like for us to do this every uh, Wednesday night if we could, uh, if we could have, uh, you know, dinner for everybody. Uh, and, and because people are working, people are doing uh, different things. So we've got plenty of ideas for food. And, and we thought next week uh, would be good for, like, grilled cheese and tomato soup, something like that. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you want to participate in that. If... Uh, somebody's, you know, got to work, and then they can come in and, and just take a load off and won't even have to, won't even have to cook, so we appreciate, appreciate Don and JD for taking care of that, and whoever else, I think it was Kelly involved, and Emmett, and, and Bethany, and Sam, and all that, and had a great dinner on, uh, on Sunday for the, uh, the Maffey family, so we appreciate, uh, appreciate those that were involved, so Father, we pray in the name of Jesus as we get into this sermon today. Father God, that it will just bless the socks off of the people across America, across the world, and right here in Braxton County, God. And we just praise you, God, that you're going to help us, lead us, and guide us, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against me or anyone else in this church. And Father God, we praise you and we love you for it because it is in the name of Jesus. Got a strange title, but this title is, uh, to, uh, to achieve means victory, and to do nothing is to fail. To achieve to achieve means victory or do nothing is to fail. And as you defined the, the word achieve, it means to successfully bring out a reach, something that you're reaching for, a desire, a, a, a desired objective, a level or a result uh, by effort, skill or courage. Um, you know, in, in my life, I know that it seems like that Everything that I begin to do, it becomes a challenge, and then you have to work through that process. You can't quit. You always have to move forward uh, in things. So what I want to encourage you to do tonight is to, to uh, achieve and, and to have victory and to not, if you do nothing, the old saying is that if you, if you shoot for nothing, if you shoot for it, you'll hit it every time. I mean, every time you will hit it. Uh, and so you don't want to fail. You don't want to be a failure. You want to be a success for the kingdom of God so that when they lay your body out and, uh, in a casket and, and you look all pretty and the preacher stands up here and he talks about, he, he's got something to talk about. You want to have something to talk about. You're preaching your own funeral as you live your life. So we want to be careful how how we present this tonight because I, I, I want to present it in a way that will be loving and compassionate to you because uh, we're getting close to the end of this thing, uh, the end of this thing called time, and it's winding down, it's getting close. But if we're not making progress, but making a lot of excuses about why we're failing and why we're not being a success, we've got to move out of that. We've got to move out of that process. And, and we can't apologize for the things that, that, we, that we do wrong as an, an, an aspect of things, but we need to make it right. You know, we can apologize all day and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but yet we need to move forward and say, hey, I've got to get this right. I've got to fix this. I've got to get this, I gotta get this right. I was talking to, a, uh, talking to a, a pilot friend of mine last night, and, and this morning I was talking to him again, and, 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 um, and he was having trouble, he was having trouble with, with these landings, and you can talk to Brad about all the trouble that I had with landings. And, and so I, I, get on the, I get on the phone to him, and, and Brad, you'd be so proud of me. I was talking to him, I said, well, how... how What's your speed when you go downwind? And, and I was like, I thought, man, I, I could be an instructor someday once I get my license, you know. 
Somebody's got to do it. And I was saying, you know, how's your, how's your downwind? And what, you know, are you pulling your flaps right? And I said, you got to watch now when you, turn, when you turn base and then you come around. I said, when you turn base, I said, that nose, I said, you've got to push that nose down. And I said, and make sure, but I said, you can't pick up speed. I said, that's where you're messing up. And he said, and today he went flying and he said, that really helped me because, you know, what he was doing is he was, he was trying to, he was just making all kinds of mistakes. Nothing that I haven't done because I have made plenty of them. But as Brad says many times, I haven't scared him too bad. But we can't stop at the things that are challenges to us. We have to keep pressing towards the mark of the high calling of God. When things are tough, when you want to quit, when things are maybe not going your way, that's when, that's when you need to begin to, to get, into the, get into prayer and fasting and seeking the will of God to, to, to turn your circumstances around. See, God is waiting on you to move. He's waiting on you to move. And, and if, if like... If, John Christopher and I, the last time we played golf, uh, you know, I was having trouble. I was, I was uh, slicing the ball a few times. And I've been playing golf since junior high school. And, and so we're playing golf one day, and, 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 and I looked at him, and I said, you know what the, de-? and I had done that several times. And I said, you know what the definition of insanity is, son? He said, yeah, keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. And I said, yeah, I said, I've got to change. So, so what I did was I, just a correction of moving my hand over just a little bit, fixed that ball to make it go straight. But if I were to continue to hit the ball the same way, the same way, never make any correction, then only thing that you bring to yourself is frustration. And you spend a lot of money playing golf. And you don't want to go out and have a miserable time. There's nothing worse than failing And there's nothing worse than failing into temptation. It's awful. There's nothing, I mean, it's just horrible when you yield to temptation and when you fall into it. And and who wants to wake up and and have no spiritual successes in this day? I mean, how many people woke up this morning and said, man, I hope that I I can just absolutely defeat Satan today instead of me talking about how bad the devil's beating up on me, that the devils can talk about how bad we're beating up on him. Because we have the power. We have the power over the enemy. So your spiritual goals, uh, goals are this. Uh, to, to, um, to achieve means victory or to do nothing means to fail. So what are your spiritual goals? Your number one spiritual goal should be this. And you can write this down. To get to heaven. That's your, that should be your number one spiritual goal is that you're going to get to heaven. The second spiritual goal that you should have is to get people saved. And then also, Matthew 28 tells us, that, uh, and this isn't in the notes, but I'm just kind of bringing it in. And then what he wants us to do is he wants us to make disciples out of the people that we have led to Jesus. And then he wants us not only to do that, but he wants us to walk in the anointing. Walk in the anointing of God. See, right now I'm on a, I'm on a fasting kick. I, I believe that God's wanting us to fast more. You know, I'm not going to burden you down with the Daniel fast on January 1st. I want you to be fasting now. I want you to be seeking the will of God. Don't wait till January 1st for a 21-day fast. Start fasting now. Start seeking God because the power is in fasting. What you have to understand is that your body, this flesh, is an enemy. It's your enemy. 
It'll sin every chance you allow it to. It's, it's your enemy. It, it'll, cause you, it'll cause you to cheat. It'll cause you to lie. It'll cause you to steal. It'll cause you to, to yield to temptation. It will, it, it will do those things. But if we, if we begin to starve the flesh and starve it out and put it into submission, like Paul said, we have to put our flesh into submission. So if we can put our flesh into submission, that means we can do it. That means we can do it. Today, I normally fast uh, until 12 noon, and, and, and uh, people say, well, you know, you shouldn't brag or you shouldn't tell people when you're fasting. But as your pastor, if I can't tell you in a, humil- in, in, a, in a humble way about what I'm doing, how can I set an example for you all? This is what I'm doing. I'm fasting uh, from, from uh, you know, the time I get up until noon, but yet I, I feel like the Lord is leading me to, to, to fast even more uh, throughout the day so another couple hours on top of that so and, and you say well why are you telling me this because I want to encourage you to fast too if you want the power of God in your life to where you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover you can cast out demons you can, you can see God move and you don't have to, to see little things happen but you can see the miraculous happen then I encourage you to pray and fast if you want to see your business take off prayer and fast you want to see your career take off praying and fasting let me tell you something because there are no limitations there are no limitations to the kingdom of God no limitations in the kingdom of God there there's nothing that God has ever told you that you can't do show me in the Bible except for sin he wants you to stay out of the sin business but he he has not told you that he he doesn't say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me except for this 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 oh you're limited you can't do that we're not limited and he, he encourages us to walk in the anointing, and then he also is it, it, one, another goal that we should have to get to heaven, to see people saved, to make disciples, to walk in the anointing. The walking in the anointing of God is so important. And then the, the fifth thing is this, is to walk in holiness, true holiness. The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. Speaking of holy, I think because... You're, you have it, that means that your kids think they can have it too. And so I ordered some socks through, speaking of holy, through some online website. So I got them, and they come up missing. You ever understand why the dryer, the dryer, you put two socks in, but only one comes out. And then you get a new dryer, and you look through the old dryer, and the socks aren't there. They're not there. So, Lindsay ended up taking a pair of my footy socks. So, then I had two pair, and both of the pair that I had, had holes in them. Well, you know, winter time's coming, you know. And so... I told Christy, I said, I started playing just as I am without one plea, and I put, the, put a bucket out there, and I told Christy, and, you know, just, just trying to get her to move with compassion. I said, you know, I, I need some socks. You know, can I get a witness, you know? And so, yesterday, I'm driving into cross lanes, 
to drop stuff off at our, at our accountants. And I see a sign. Royal King. Wow. So I go into Royal King. Christy told me, she said, yesterday, she said, you were in just such a great mood all day, which I normally am all the time, but I was just in an exceptionally good mood. How, why am I talking about this? I'm talking about holiness in my socks. So anyway, I go in, I go into Royal King, and, and they've got every sock that I don't want, and I'm thinking, oh, they've got to have them. They've got to have them. So then I look up, and there's this light, just like this light's beating down on my head. It's like, whoo. And they had six pair for $6.99. Can I show them to you? Look at it. I mean, they got the footy. I mean, they are, they are awesome. And I, I, really, I really am reluctant to tell you about this because... Christy's known in the wintertime to wear my socks. And they come up missing. Lindsay's probably watching online, and she's probably already over at the house getting the other five pair. But you're just trying to be a blessing. But God wants us to be holy, not like our socks. And I threw, I'm, I'm telling you, it was, it was hard. We have a green trash can at the house, and I threw those, thing the other, threw those things away the other day. And just almost started singing, sweet, low, sweet chariot. You know, here they go. Defeat is not an option for someone who walks with God. Defeat is not an option for somebody who walks with God. There is nowhere in the Bible that says that you are to be defeated. Like Pastor Jay was talking about today uh, on the morning show, he was talking about uh, when, when the enemy was, was uh, trying to defeat Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, I think that that was probably one of the hardest spots that Jesus would ever been because he was man. He was God in, in man's image, and, but yet he was, he was, and then he finally he finally just absolutely just had enough of what the devil was saying and that snake you know that in the movie um, in the movie that we got to see from Mel Gibson what's the name of it the passion of Christ remember when the snake came out and you remember when he it just seemed like the boldness came up and then he takes a and he on top of the snake's head see that's what we need to do as individuals in Christ we cannot be defeated it's not in your DNA for you to be defeated so you need to stop walking around in defeat because you are not defeated. And if you want to be defeated, it's a choice. You can be defeated, but why would you want to, especially if you're a child of the king? In 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, I mean, when you get down to 3 John, man, it almost didn't make the cut. You're down to the end of this thing. 3 John 1 and 2, listen to this. It's even hard to find because it's just so little. It's like, okay, here's this one, here's that one, here's the third one. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things. Tori, all means what? It means all. He says, I, and this is what he says. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that, that you may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. 
So he wants us to prosper. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to prosper emotionally, financially, spiritually. He wants us to prosper. This is what God has called us to do. We're not called to be failures. <clears throat> oh, well, business is bad because of the coronavirus or, you know, it's just like well, this is going on and that is going on. See, see, here's the thing. God is not shaken by what's going on in this world. God is not shaken. He's not shaken that in, in, in an hour and 15 minutes, uh, uh, Mike Pence is going to be on the platform de- debating, uh, debating uh, I can't even pronounce her name. But anyway, so you think that Jesus is shaken by that? No. Do you think Jesus is shaken by Donald Trump getting the coronavirus and all those other people? See, we can't be shaken by what's going on in the world today. You can't be shaken by your financial situation. You can't be shaken about your career objectives right now. You can't be shaken by those things because God has your life in the palm of his hand. Jeremiah 29, 11, to your expected end. He's writing your story. I hope this is helping you tonight. But he says, above all things, I highlighted that in in the notes here, that I may prosper, that I may be in health. When you define the word prosper, that means thriving as a person that God created you to be. Thriving is to be a person that God has, has called you to be. True prosperity is about living a life fully engaged in the principles that are laid out in the Bible. It's so important that we obey the principles in the Bible. Here's the thing, and and my mentor uh, used to tell me, he said, did God give us a plan that we couldn't live? But you have to write out your objective. You have to write out your goals. You have to to write those things out and then press towards them. And and see, here's the thing. It's, It's important that you run these things by Jesus to make sure this is what he wants for your life. And then when you, get a clear, when you get a clear signal from him and when he leads you, and let me, let me explain to you something. I've been saved since I'm a, I was 11 years old. It, a lot of times it's the things that I thought were God weren't and the things that I tripped into were. Can anybody relate to that? I mean, seriously, the things that, you know, you think that you've got a leading from God, and I'm not saying every time, but there's things that you think, wow, you know, I, I could really do that. I could really do this. And, and see, <clears throat> I'm at a real uncomfortable spot in my life right now because I'm in full-time ministry. I've never been in full-time I've been in full-time ministry, but never... You know, you're always in full-time ministry, but I'm talking about where I'm not working a, 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 a secular job. I mean, this is ministry, and, and it's like ministry, and it's like the Word of God, and it's like, wow, the things come to life on me, and the Word of God, and I'm learning, and I'm, I'm listening, and, and I'm just, just, and I'm thinking, and we're praying. I mean, at 8 o'clock, Pastor Jay told me today, he said, you know, he said, since the pulse, Gasaway started praying, and he said, and I'm embarrassed to say that most of the people that are on the prayer call are from Gasaway, and very few are from Winfield. He said, but there's a change in Winfield. He said, the anointing is stronger on me because of you all praying for us on, on, on Monday through Saturday. We can't stop. We can never stop praying. But you need to have objectives. And Lord have mercy. I, I, after, you know, I left the bank and, and I'm thinking my world's turned upside down, topsy-turvy. Tur- and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm standing up here as a full-time pastor thinking, I've never done this before. 
I literally am going to have to start being nice to people in the church. (laughs) It's like, you know, you have a secondary job, you know. Well, who cares what you think? Boom, I can work the job. Now i got to be nice to you. (laughs) I'm just joking. Can you imagine being that way in your life? Somebody comes up to you and complains, and you look at them because you really don't care, and you say, who cares? Instead of having 12 committee meetings, you just look and say, who cares? <laughs> uh, I don't want to be that way. I want to th- thrive. And, and see, so you, you have to understand and, and pray for me because, you know, it's like I have the opportunity to pray and to fast and to seek the will of God and to spend more time in the Word of God and for us to pray. And I'm ashamed of myself to think that the church, the whole turnaround of the Pulse churches started when we started praying. We started praying at 8 o'clock on, uh, several months ago or however long it was, and that's when our church started turning around. And I'm thinking, is that all we had to do? You live and learn. But you need to write out your objectives. Write out what you, what you feel like that God has called you to do. In Romans 8.31, it says this. It says, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Understand something that nobody, nothing, nada, nothing is against you. You say, well, why is that person uh, talking bad about me? Or why is this? Look, they're not against you. Because here's what the Word of God says. Who shall say then, say unto this thing, if God be for us, Who can be against us? He's not even mentioning who the who is. You don't give the who any credit. Because guess what? God is bigger than the who. And who cares? (laughs) Who cares who's against you? The devil's against you. But let me tell you something. We cannot blame the devil for our demise. You know why? Because he's too small to do it. You blame stuff on the devil. He's too small to do what you're giving him credit for. He has no power, only the power that you give him. It's a truth. He's too small. He failed. So if God be for you, who is against you? Nobody. There's nobody against you because he's fighting for you. You don't have to fight your battles. He's fighting for you. Told somebody that the other day on Instagram. They sent me a message and said, uh, because I had sent this person a, um, one, of the, one of the talk shows, and I said, I just wanted to, to just encourage you and to, to, to believe God for you and, and, you know, to help you, and I thought this would help you. And the person texted me back, and it's a friend of mine, said, well, you know, I feel like that I'm where I need to be spiritually, and I don't need any help. We all need help. <laughs> I was sitting in the studio down, in the, uh, down at the Connect Center in a microphone just like this one. It may be that one. And I just, if you could have got me on video, here's what I went. Let me turn that on for effect. Is this on? Here we go. <coughs> I thought, you've got to be kidding me. 
Who doesn't need a little Jesse Duplantis from time to time? Who doesn't need a little Kenneth Copeland from time to time? Who doesn't need a little T.D. Jakes from, uh, from time to time? You need to take a tour of the Connect Center in Tays Valley, West Virginia. We have T.D. Jakes' couch in there. We do. We've got his couch in there. He doesn't know it, but we've got his couch. I'm serious. We have his couch. Just want to go over and sit on that couch and see if the anointing's on that couch. Like, let it rub off a little bit. We need to be basking in the Word, you know, whether you're listening to Pastor Jay or to me or to Jesse or, uh, you know, to Jonathan uh, Shuttlesworth or whoever you may be listening to. You need to get the Word of God in your heart because let me tell you something. The Bible says that He would shorten the days for the elect's sake. Guess what? That means the elect's sake may be deceived if we're not careful. So we need to have the Word of God inside of us. Hope that helps you tonight. Now let me, let me finish this thing up here. He says, can he love you and not be pleased with you? Absolutely. Is he pleased with you? Is he pleased with your day-to-day operation, your day-to-day actions? Is he pleased with you? I, I'm telling you today, at, at, at when I woke up at 20 minutes till 7 this morning, which is about what time I normally wake up, and I'm out the door by 7.15 to do the show at 8. And I'm telling you what, I was hungry. And I normally don't wake up hungry like that, but I woke up hungry. And I'm thinking, I've got to fast till noon. I'll never make it. Scratch that verse out where it says, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Scratch that verse out. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, forget that because, you know, when you're hungry, you're, you're hungry. But let me tell you something. The flesh has to be brought under control. So at 12.01, Eastern Standard Time, I'm telling you, it was embarrassing. I mean, it was embarrassing. I was going through the, I was going through the cupboards. I mean, I ate a bowl. Who eats a bowl of cereal at noon? I mean, I ate a bowl of cereal. I was like, you know, I was cramming two spoons, thinking, what's wrong with me? Is God pleased with me with that? Well, Lord, I, I waited till twelve noon, twelve oh one, Lord. I like it. I like it. There is nothing like fruity pebbles. Thank you, Jesus. Built the Holy Ghost on that right there. And Captain Crunch is second in line, but it makes the roof of your mouth sore. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's all good. Oh, man. Romans 8.1 says this. And I go, back to this, I go back to this challenge with you. I go back to this, and I ask you this question. Is God pleased with you? Is God pleased with you? Is he pleased with your actions? If he tells you to do something, then he, he know, you know he's going to make a way for you to do it. He's also going to make a way of escape of all temptation. You don't have to sin. It's a choice. You know, well, you say, well, I'm human. I'm going to sin. Put the flesh. Romans 8, Romans 8 talks all about that. We'll finish up with that. He says in 8.1, he says this. It says, 
There is therefore no condemnation in them which, is, which are in Christ Jesus. Jesus, who walked not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We have to walk after the, after the Spirit and not after the flesh. That's what gets us in trouble. Now see, if I would have caved at 10 o'clock, I would have been disobedient. Because I know I'm to fast until noon. You know why I'm fasting till noon? Because I want the anointing to intensify in me. I want the power of God. Let me tell you something. If, if I pray for somebody and they don't get healed, then, then I go back to God and I say, okay, God, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Am I not fasting enough? Am I not seeking the will of God? Because you said that I can lay my hands on the sick and they shall recover. Is there a prerequisite to that? So I ask God, I say, God, tell me, what am I doing wrong so I can fix it? Do I not need to pray more? Do I need to fast more? Do I need to study more? What do I need to do? I'm that way. That's the way I work. Because obviously we know that God's not wrong. Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus. I've been preaching a series uh, online that, that says, uh, talk about self-control. And self-control is controlling self. We have to control ourselves. So there is no condemnation which are in Christ Jesus if we walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh. Now, let me define the word condemnation. It's, to, it's the expression of very strong disapproval. So if we are walking in the flesh, then it's a, it's a strong disapproval from heaven. I don't know if you're like me, but I read verses backwards to get the full, the full potential out of it. So if there is no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus, so I'm thinking, okay, if I'm in Christ Jesus, but he tells me that if I'm walking not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, so if I'm not walking in the Spirit, but walking after the flesh, then there is condemnation, and that means that he's not approved of what, the way I'm acting. We don't have to have a life of disobedience. We don't have to have a life of disobedience. We, we just, it's just that plain we don't have to. I want to finish up with this, Romans 8 and verse 2. Romans 8 and verse 2. It's something that I read a lot, but it's something that we are, this is the world that we're in right now. Okay, Romans 8 and verse 2. I just read to you verse 1. There is, no, there is now, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So if you're walking after the flesh, then there will be condemnation because you're displeasing God. For the law of the Spirit of life is Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin. Free. He says you're free from sin and death. Thank you, God, for that. Isn't that awesome? Verse 3 says, for what the law does not do in that it is weak through the flesh. God sent his own in the likeness of sinful flesh. Now, that, that's almost, in my opinion, that's almost contradictive, but it's not. But that Jesus in the likeness of the sinful flesh, that means he was like the sinful flesh, but he did not sin. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not 
after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, we have to walk in the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, that is what the Spirit is. That's how we need to walk. Quit walking in a hatred manner. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. See, you have to think about this for a minute. Because you are a spiritual being. If you're, if you're blood-bought and you're saved, you have a flesh and a spirit. But yet, the Bible tells us not to do and to mind the things of the flesh, but to do the things that are of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. If you want to be carnally minded, then man, you need to go pick out your, your whatever you want to be buried in. You want to pick out your casket. Because let me tell you something. For to be carnally minded is death. I'm talking about the spiritual death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, let me ask you something. Why would you not like to walk in peace and life? Oh, man, I tell you, I, here's how people are. Man, I would rather sin because there's just such misery in that, and there's such turmoil in that, and man, I tell you what, I just can't wake up and sin. You're crazy. Who in the world wants to wake up and say that I want to sin every day? You don't have to. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you are made perfect because of him. Who in the world wants to walk around in a carnal mind that's going to bring forth death? Well, I'm human. The Bible tells you right here in verse 5 to not walk after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. And you can have life and peace if you walk in the Spirit. <coughs> you say, well, John, you don't know the people that I run around with. Stop running around with them. Because the carnal, now listen to this, and define, go home tonight or talk about this, um, talk about this tonight. Because of the carnal mind, it is an enmity against God, for it is not subject, verse 7, to the law of God, neither indeed can be. A carnal mind is an enemy against God. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God which goes back to verse 1 it says there is therefore no condemnation in them which are in Christ Jesus and walk not after the flesh but after the spirit so what he's telling you that if you're going to walk in the spirit then you're going to have pleasure with God but if you're going to walk in the flesh he's telling us this verse 8 so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God well that cancels out verse 8 and 1 but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. It's got to dwell in you. Is God pleased with you? Do you have success with God? The spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If we're walking in the flesh, then he's telling us that we're not even one of his. See, we serve a loving God. 
We serve a very loving God, and thank God for His loving power. But don't take it for granted. I mean, don't take it for granted. If He tells you to live a certain way in this Bible, then He expects you to live that way. Those that are parents, if you would have told your kid not to do this or not to do that, and then you go to them and you're ready to wear them out, well, at least that's what we used to do. And you look at them and you say, oh, honey, it's okay. I love you. I'm telling you what, we had a tree in the front yard. I don't remember what that tree was. But my mom would take the switches off of that tree. I was perfect. She wore out my sister more times than you could ever imagine. No, I got them too. I got whipped too. And the thing about it is, she didn't tell me to go pick one because it was so close to the porch, she'd pick it herself. And you know what's the strangest thing is after I got married and moved out, that tree died. I'm serious, it died. But, but what I'm saying to you is, yes, we serve a loving God, but he has, he has expectations for us not to go against his word. Why did he put it in there if he, if he wants you and me to go against it? Well, you say, well, I'm human, and I'm always going to mess up, and I'm always going to sin. Show me where it tells you that you're going to sin every day. Show me. I challenge you to show me where it says in the Bible that I have to sin every day. It's not in there. It tells me that there is a way of escape of all temptation. It's that I choose not to take the way of escape. I choose to sin. You need to get your place in a relationship with Jesus to where it's hard for you to sin. Because it displeases God. And here's the thing. Those that, those that have been in a relationship for a long time, who wants to not please the person that you're with? Well, God's going to love me no matter what. Yes, he will. He'll love you. He'll, he'll love you all the way to the gates of hell and kiss you goodbye. Why would God not be pleased with us? It's because of our disobedience. If he tells you not to do it, don't do it. I mean, how many kids, I mean, Ari's not to this place, our granddaughter's not to this place yet, but I know one of these days that she's going to want to put her hand on the, on the stove that's hot. Honey, don't do that. Our flesh, right here, is an enemy that wants to send your spirit straight to the gates of hell. But you don't have to live that way. You've got breath in your life. You've got breath in your lungs. God forbid you be like Donald Trump and on oxygen for a day. And, and according to the press, which is it's absolutely just driving me silly, is the fact is that now he's not capable of being president because he was on oxygen. So how many days was he on? How many puffs did he take? Oh, he took two and a half. Well, that's it. If he'd have just took one, he'd have been a great president. But now he took two. Got to find somebody else. 
I mean, crazy stuff. Our flesh is an enemy. And we have to put our flesh into submission to the will of God and obey Him. Stand to your feet. Thank you for being here today. If you have a need today, whatever your need may be, you, want, you may be in a place where you need to rededicate your life. You may have a, an unconfessed sin that you need to talk about to Jesus. Not to me. You don't have to tell me anything. You, you bring it to Jesus and ask Him to forgive you. You say, well, if I'm the only one that goes to the altar, then everybody else is going to think that I have an unconfessed sin. No, what it was, was you had the boldness to go do it and everybody else it's chicken because they, they're afraid that, oh, somebody's going to say something about me. Well, they're going to talk about you no matter what. Come to the altar. You say, well, why do I need to go to the altar? Well, this is a place where things die. Man, I tell you what, my little spot's right here. I go to the altar right here. When I'm up here working, I'll come in two or three times a day, and I'll, go, I'll kneel right there, and I'll pray. If I've got something going on, I'll, I'll kneel, and I'll pray. I've got a place at home that I pray. I've got a place in the Connect Center where I'll pray. And I'll say, oh, God, I need your help. I need you to help me here. I need, you know, I'm struggling here. I need this. I need wisdom here. Let me tell you something. You show me somebody. That doesn't need help from God. And you know what I was thinking? Daniel in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Neither any of those guys. That was before the blood was spilt. That was before the Holy Spirit came. That was before the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they were successful. Without the Holy Spirit, they were successful because they loved God. That's before the blood was spilt. So now you have the blood. Now you have the Holy Spirit. Now you have everything that you need to walk in victory. They didn't and they still did. And we have everything that we need and we still can't seem to get it right. But you can. You want to come and talk to Jesus today? You want to ask him to forgive you? Let me tell you something. There's nobody going to judge you here. You want to come and pray? Let me tell you something. I would rather somebody come to this altar a hundred times and then get victory over something than, than to not come and, and to, to live uh, in defeat the rest of their life. You don't have to live in defeat, church. You don't have to. You can walk in victory. You want to walk in victory tonight? I do. Man, do I ever. Oh, I don't want to fail God. I don't want to fail God. God, you know that. and You know my heart. You know I don't ever want to fail you because I love you. Where are you tonight? Say, man, you know, I, I feel cold. I feel indifferent. I feel, I can't feel God. Well, you know, it's not based on feeling, but it is good to feel it, to feel that you're safe in the arms of God.
you want to come around the altar, I encourage you to do. Play something, Andy, and, and just allow people to, to come around the altar. I encourage you to do so. You want to just come and pray and just pour your heart out to him. Oh, I encourage you to do it. Nobody's going to judge you at all. Jesus, help us to walk in victory. Whatever you're dealing with, just give it to him. Because he loves you. He cares so much for you. Jesus, I praise you, God. I thank you, God. I just want to praise you. I just want to take a moment and praise you. Through it all. broken hearts Intensify the anointing in Mike in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. with your soul. If it's not, you can fix it. You can fix it tonight. Ask Him to help you. Repent. The Bible says to repent, which means to turn away. Turn away from it.
Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you Let me have the lights if you don't mind. I want to show you all something. Something that happened. You can be seated for just a moment. The um, I'm leading up to you uh, here. Um, several months ago, maybe last year, I think it was maybe last year or so, uh, our pastor, James, Dr. James R. Wright, pastor of Maranatha Fellowship, is the largest, largest church in West Virginia. And I've had the privilege to to sit under him for six years and play on the worship team and be involved in ministry there with him and, and see how big church worked. And so Jay, Pastor Jay became friends with him. And so uh, Jay wanted us to be uh, ordained through the Right Way Ministry, which is his ministry. And so um, I said, absolutely. So he had a, what what was that? Kathy that he had that he poured out was a, it was a it was a what kind of horn I mean it was a ram horn or something I don't know anyway but it was full of oil and and so he when I got to him he anointed Jay and when he got to me he says he said oh Pastor John he said the anointing is so strong on you right now and he poured anointing oil all over me from my head down to my feet. Now I want to show you. This is my T-shirt. See the oil? This is a this is the shirt that I had on. You see that shirt? See the oil? This is this is the robe that I had on, soaked with oil. This is a suit. This the actual jacket's still in the still in the. I, I, I'll never wear these things again. These things I have in the office. This is what I wore when he anointed me. And, and so I'm anointed by the blood of Jesus to set the captives free, to heal the sick, to be an apostle, to start churches, to be led of Jesus. I, and I've never showed you all these things, but they're, they've been in my office. I'll never wear any of this ever again. I'm going to pray for Emmett. 
Now, I use this oil most of the time to pray for people. But this is the oil that Dr. Wright poured over me. And it's actually made in the Holy Land. It's anointing oil from the Holy Land with frankincense, myrrh, and spikenard, it says. It's all over those clothes of mine right there. If you notice, he used half a bottle. And I've only used a little bit of it to pray for two other people in my whole life with this oil. And I want to pray over Emmett tonight with this oil. Because Emmett has a huge calling from God and you say well you're not saved through the oil no the oil represents see what it says anointing oil the anointing represented through through this so Emmett I want to anoint you I want to pray over you. In the name of Jesus, I anoint you. Emmett Wayne, in the name of Jesus, Father, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against him, ever. But Father God, you'll give him the desires of his heart. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Father God, that the songs that he writes, the songs that he sings, will break the yoke of bondage in people's lives. Father, I pray for favor. Father, I pray for favor. He doesn't need American Idol. He doesn't need the voice. He needs the anointing of God. And Father, I pray the anointing of God from heaven on Emmett Wayne right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God. I thank you for ideas that are going to come to his mind in the middle of the night. Keep a notepad by your bed. Keep a pen by your bed. I do. He wakes me up in the middle of the night and I'll write it down. I pray that many songs are birthed through this man of God. Don't ever let the devil tell you that you're not anointed. Because what God opens in the door, no man will shut. In the name of Jesus, I anoint his hands. In the name of Jesus. Father God, as he plays, as he writes, the yoke of bondage is broken in people's lives. Thank you, God, for every experience that he's went through in his life to this day, Father God, that you will use every scar, every battle to bring you glory because it's in the name of Jesus. Wayne, you are anointed. 
in the name of Jesus. You are a child of the Most High God. And we glorify you and we praise you, God, for this man of God. Father, I pray for discernment. I pray for wisdom. I pray for the next step. I pray for a fresh anointing. great days are ahead, man. I tell you, man. Amen. I got to help him write a song. Man, it was a privilege. I played, just played piano on it. Hope he talks to me when he's got buses and tractor trailers and booking agents. I'll say, yeah, man, remember me? And he'll go, call you. I'll call you. <laughs> oh, we love you, Jesus. Isn't he worthy? He's a worthy God. I hope you have a great night. Be blessed. This Reconnect Wednesday is awesome. I appreciate you all being here. It means so much to me that you're here. And if you can make it on Sunday morning, I appreciate that. And before you go, make sure you share this broadcast so that people can you can share it out with people and they can be ministered to because that's the main goal is for people to be ministered to we love you and have a blessed night have a blessed night in Jesus name love you all thank you so much <laughs>